0: I go to I go to fighting. You For dozens of tourists who are about to visit one of the important museums of the Arab world in Tunis, Tunisia's Mediterranean capital, armed militants open fire. In Australia and some other countries, there's mandatory voting.
1: Are white people cranky in line before they even have their coffee? Yes, they are. Is a black man that's in line talking about his oppression with his people going to make them cranky white people crankier?
2: Probably, yeah. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067.
1: I ordered a black coffee and he told me they're no longer called black. It's called Uncream.
3: Good morning, it's 906 and News Radio 1067. I uh, am yeah. Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show. Renowned, spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River with a very simple question for you. You, I don't think you understand how strange you are, how weird you are. You actually pay attention to what's going on in the world. When you hear a news story, say, like, for example, about, like, uh, budget and taxes, you think about more stuff than, hey, did some rich guy get some money? You think about, hey, did poor people get money, too? Did, Did the economy grow? Are there more jobs? In other words, you can think beyond just the first level of, hey, rich white guy got some money. Therefore, whatever you did was bad. You've got information. You have some vague notion of history. You can probably name one or two of your U.S. senators. Talk radio listeners, and this is true year after year after year. Pew Research Research does a survey. They do a current events quiz for people. After they find out, where do you get most of your information from? Are you a uh, Cable news viewer, New York Times, John Stewart, whatever. Number one at the top of the list, year after year, talk radio listeners. You are the most informed people in America, which is why my question for you is this. Do you really want people who get most of their information about how the world works from TMZ to be forced to vote? Do you believe that President Obama's right that we should require every person in the country to vote, and so here's what I've been doing. I've been using the hashtag uh Obama wants to make me vote" and then sending out pictures of people to remind you because the president did this, and we're going to have this audio uh he just kept the President Obama talking yesterday about compulsory voting. 22 countries have compulsory voting. What it is, it's it's like Obamacare of the ballot box. You either vote or you have to pay a fine because you didn't vote. Is there anybody, anybody in the sound of my voice who really wants to make Mama June vote? That's Honey Boo Boo's mom, right? I don't watch the show, but that's right. The the big chick guy. Does anybody, anybody in the sound of my voice really want to force the average person sitting in the crowd at a WWE event to get up away from watching whatever, whoever, Sonny the Smasher take on Larry the Limper and walk out and pick the next leader. Do you want to go to a rap concert and gather the three guys hitting the same bong and throw them into the ballot box and say, you pick our policy for ISIS. Do you really want that? And the answer is no, no, and hell No. No. We don't want this This is ah, this isn't just this is one of the dumbest, dumbest ideas ever in the history of dumb ideas. And so throughout the show, Soccer Boy, someone else who should not, by the way, be allowed to vote, will be um, throwing in audio from people in the real world who would be dragged to the ballot box if we made it illegal for you to stay home. And so feel free, you can email me, michael at michaelgram.com. You can follow me on Twitter, I am M Graham, I am M-G-R-A-H-A-M. And you can add your photos of people to the hashtag, Obama wants to make me vote. As I said to Steve and Cheryl this morning, not only do I oppose mandatory who who really, does anybody want this? Not only do I oppose mandatory voting, I think it's too easy to vote. I mean that every time someone stands up and says, we've got to do something about those evil Republicans, they're trying to make it hard to vote. What do you mean make it hard to vote? All you got to do is show up. All you got to do is show up, show an ID, and you get to pick the person who's going to set my taxes, who's going to determine how my kids get educated, who's going to decide how to deal with the problem of Islamist terrorism. All you got to do is show me a picture, and you get to do that? No, 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 that's too easy. That's why I've always liked my idea of the multiple candidacy ballot like i said to Stephen show here's how it works you got a piece of paper you show up to vote right now what happens you go up to vote and it says governor and then it's got you know nathan deal and jason carter and blah blah, blah and then you circle one and you pick no, no 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 what i want on one side of the ballot all the names for all the offices just in alphabetical order no connection just all the everybody who's running for anything you know from Bill, you know Abrams down to Phil Zoology, right down this boom, and then on the other side you have all the offices in alphabetical order: City Council, County Council, President. Your vote only counts if you can connect the guy to the off to the ballot, and so it'd be like you draw a line, you know, like so that's your ballot would look like that. It'd be like you know, Nathan Deal, Governor. And David Perdue, senator. And if you have somewhere mixed in there a, you know, Jason Carter water commissioner, boom, bye-bye. That doesn't count. That would be my idea. Because I don't go to bed at night worrying that too many smart people are staying home on election day. I go home worrying that too many stupid people are showing up and electing the next leader of the free world. Anybody? Are you with me? 844 404-1067. 4041067 We have a lot more to talk about than that including the CEO of Starbucks says of course we're doing the race together thing we have to my customers are a bunch of insensitive racists wow and by the way he also says you're going to hear my message whether you want to or not I have a little message for Mr. Schultz to deliver in just a few minutes and what's wrong with this picture have you seen the picture of the University of Virginia kid arrested I'm sorry, I see nothing wrong with that picture at all. I got no problems with that at all, and I will explain why.
2: Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067.
3: It's 918. Oh, yeah. Michael Graham, welcome to the show. So glad that you are here. More on President Obama's call for compulsory voting coming up here on the Michael Graham show. Uh, also, later in the show, an update on the Alpharetta busting people for brackets story. Uh, I'm sorry. As hard as the cops are working to try to not look like morons, they cannot to dig themselves out of this hole. Ten bucks, a thousand bucks, guys. Your bet on the brackets at Alpharetta city hall is just as illegal as the bet on the brackets, as the guys who are just hanging out at a restaurant on their own time with the doors closed to the public. Just, I don't know what the heck we are doing here at eight, four, 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 zero, four, one, oh, six, seven. Uh, and then I'm hoping some fraternity people can explain to me this pickle in the butt thing. Cause I'm. I'm really uh, kind of confused. Maybe you know more about butt pickling than I do.
1: It's disgusting. It's disgusting. I hope that's not kids being kids. I think it's disgusting. Oh, that's pretty gross. That's abuse, that's assault, that's, uh, that's, pre- that, that's that boy's body.
3: Uh, pickle in the butt seems to be the thing in Roswell, Georgia. Are you familiar with this? It's critical for kids, I, I would think, especially at this age to know where the lines are drawn and this crosses the line. Okay, my question is a purely uh, biological or a question of physics and engineering. The kid who bit the pickle off the other soccer kid's butt uh, up in Roswell, was the pickle, like, on his bottom, like, he's laying, like, like you know, like a little bun, buttocks bun, or was it actually in his you see what I'm saying? I'm, I just, I'm, just, I'm not as familiar with fraternity hijinks as maybe I should be. I've never been in a frat. So if you have any expertise on butt pickling, uh, if you could give me a call at 844-404-1067 or email me, michael at com, I would appreciate that. So yesterday morning, I told you about visiting, uh, about Starbucks' plan to drag us all into a conversation on race relations And uh, what it was like the first time I went into the brand new Starbucks.
4: Hi, and welcome to Starbucks.
3: Yeah, welcome to Starbucks.
4: Would you like to try a fair trade quinoa muffin, handcrafted in a third world bakery? Uh, No, thanks.
3: Could I just get a large black coffee, please? What do you mean large? What do you mean black? Uh, No, 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 no. I mean, uh, could I get a uh, venti African American coffee? That's better. Do you want light roast or dark roast? Well, I heard that the light roast is a lot better than the dark roast, so I'll... What the f- did you just say? Oh, no, no. I, I, what, I mean, I was just... No, dark roast. I'll take dark roast. Damn, Skippy, you'll have the dark roast. Uh, yeah, and my wife wanted me to pick up some drinks for her office. Can so you could help me with that? Uh-huh. Oh, no, it's okay. Uh, she's much better at this Starbucks thing. In fact, she gave me a list. Let's see. She wants uh, one Malcolm Espresso, one latte from a Birmingham jail, and one sugar-free Million Man Macchiato. Now we're talking.
5: Starbucks coffee. Proud to be foaming up racial divisions and serving them with a splash of white privilege
3: for 30 years. Well, as bad as the Starbucks concept sounded yesterday, uh the CEO, Howard Schultz, has made it sound even worse. And I posted up on my Facebook page and on my blog, michaelgram.com, click the blog button, a tweet sent out by uh the Starbucks saying uh that... There's a problem with a lack of empathy in America for racial minorities and Starbucks needs to bring about change because there's something wrong with you. And when I say you, I mean you specifically, the customers of
6: Starbucks. Here is
3: uh, Howard
6: Schultz, whether we want to admit it or not, we all all have some level of unconscious bias. And so
3: they're tired of selling coffee to you racists with your unconscious bias and so they want you because you lack sympathy and lack empathy for minorities because you are inherently racist, they wanna help you become
6: self-aware. What we're trying to do is with USA Today, create a, a very well thought out tool resource for customers to receive in our stores and we'll begin that on Friday. It'll be in every USA Today newspaper nationally. It'll be in every Starbucks store. And that tool, that resource, is educational. And if, at the end of the day, if one customer in every store becomes more aware of of their own unconscious bias, becomes more sensitive to the issues, then we will have succeeded.
3: If we can only make you aware of your hate, if you can only be aware of what's wrong with you, you bad people, then we will have achieved our mission. And that's just... I mean, it really is a phenomenal statement from a guy who's in business. He says that it's Starbucks' job to use their power to change America. Why do you need to change America? Because there's something wrong with America. And he needs to use his power to start a conversation about race with his customers. Why? Because his customers are insensitive to or bigoted against or unable to acknowledge the reality of racial hatred in America. So you're either stupid or you're a hater or you're both. And so Starbucks is going to use their power to change this bad country and all you bad people who suck and they're going to do it whether you like it or not. And This may be my uh, this whole bizarre story. This may be my
6: favorite quote. I have 50 to 60 million customers a week who are going to come through our stores next week. And they're going to hear a message, whether they want to embrace it, whether they want to listen to it or not. And I, I go to bed at night thinking, you know, we're doing something that we believe is right.
3: It's all right there. It's all right there. The pretentious, self-important, holier than thou i'm better than you i go to bed at night and i know that i've done right you racist peons don't understand but i'm the ceo of starbucks the most wonderful super politically correct company ever and i know that my fair trade quinoa cup is wonderful whether you know it or not i just love how much can this guy love himself And how little can this guy think of you? And then the other, let's play this again. Listen to what he says about his message.
6: I have 50 to 60 million customers a week who are going to come through our stores next week. And they're going to hear a message, whether they want to embrace it, whether they want to listen to it or not. Whether you want to listen to it or not, you're going to hear my message, hater.
3: You're going to hear it whether you want to hear it or not. Uh, No, Howard, I, I won't be hearing your message because I'll be at Dunkin' Donuts but they just sell me my flipping coffee and let me go. I'm going to be at uh, Krispy Kreme where I can get my wonderful deep fried fat and a cup of coffee. And no one is going to ask me to admit non-existent failings. No one's going to demand that I confess racism that I don't have in order to buy this cup of coffee. Why A, a, a totally serious question yesterday. I, I, this was all laughs and giggles for me yesterday. I was with Dennis Miller, just mocking this, but you know what watching, and I have this linked up on my, uh, on the blog, michaelgram.com click on the blog. You can watch this interview that Starbucks CEO gives with ABC where he announces oh, these poor Americans are just such awful people. Someone's got to change this racist country. I'm going to give you the message you need to hear, whether you need to hear it or not. You know what he did for me? He convinced me. You know what? I'm done. I am absolutely done with Starbucks. I will not be going to Starbucks again until something else happens. Until I don't know what. I don't know what they're gonna do, apologize or pull but as long as this I hate America, you're all a bunch of racists who need to be a stern talking to the crap things, I'm done. I will not be hearing your message, Howard, because I will be working I don't I am not going to go and do business with someone on purpose who's calling me a racist. I'm not going to do it. I wouldn't go to Ralph's. I hate America barbecue. I wouldn't go to Sally's. You all suck steakhouse. And I'm not going to go to Starbucks and do and take money from a guy who says, thank you for the money, racist. Thank you for the money, hater. Thank you for the money, bad person. If you really think I suck, then fine. I'll go somewhere else. I'll go do business with somebody who at least doesn't express an opinion about me either way. I mean I don't I have no idea what the guy at the Dunkin Donuts in done what he thinks of me. I have no idea. But you know what? He's never called me a racist. He's never told me I suck. Why would any American give Starbucks their money? Why? 8444041067. How many of you are with me? You are done with Starbucks until they are done insulting America and insulting their customers. I'm Michael Graham.
1: And he told me they're no longer called black. It's called uncreamed. So I immediately had to recoil. Then I had to, I had to leave and get over to Der Schnitzel because the kid at the drive-thru window wanted to talk to me about whether life begins at conception. He said, do you believe life begins at conception? I said, I believe life begins when you give me that chili dog, Jocko. That's what I believe. And then finally, I just wrapped up talking at a death penalty
3: symposium over at Jiffy Loop. That's Dennis Miller. I'm Michael Graham. It's 937. The phone number 844-404-1067. A serious question. If someone started a I think you suck burger joint, would you give them your money? If you walked into a business like whatever, a clothing store, welcome to the shop, racists. Would you do business with them? That's exactly what Starbucks is saying. They're not being coy about it. America's full of racists. They have a real race problem. It's so bad that we have to get our customers to understand their racism. And therefore, we're going to go to bed at night knowing that we told you about your racism, whether you wanted to hear it or not, because that makes us better than you. How anyone can respond to that other than GFY is beyond me. I, who, who, who puts up with that? No, I'm sorry. You know, and, and it's so funny for, for me because that's one of my complaints that I've had as a lifelong talk radio fan is that one of the things that drives me crazy is we have talk radio hosts who treat, you know, Americans like we're all a bunch of bad people from the left, right, particularly my fellow conservatives. All liberals are sucky, awful people. Dude, just, you know, I just disagree with you. You're not a bad person. I just disagree. With you. No, you suck. You suck. Stop it. Stop. telling. I, w- I want to have a big party where we can all hang out. Even if I disagree with you and stuff, let's hang out. And if I walk into the party and the first thing in your mouth is all Republicans are racist or all liberals are anti-American communists or all Starbucks customers are, you know, insensitive jerks, bleep you man. Bye. I'm going to go somewhere else. So I was on um I was doing a radio interview with an with a European uh uh radio company and they were asking me about the reaction to this cuz they think it's hilarious. And one of the first things I said, well Michael Graham being a a uh, small market uh libertarian type like you are, I assume you say that the marketplace will take care of this and that Starbucks will lose money. And I said, Oh no, 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 no. I predict they'll make money because there's so many guilt so many guilty white liberals who will show up for their spanking. You're right, I'm bad, you're right, I'm bad, and my country's bad. You're right. Pete me, kick me again. You wanna kick me? Do you wanna throw the hot coffee on me, please do? I'm so sorry. We des- i deserve it. <laughs> I drive an SUV. I have 2.8 children. I didn't get beaten on the bridge at Selma. I'm a bad person. I hire a Hispanic person to clean my house for me. I'm terrible. White liberals will line up for their ass that they- you can bite the pickle off their butt all day long, and they will take it because that's how they really do feel that bad. But not me. Howard Schultz, we're going to have 50 million people hear our message whether they want to or not. Oh, no, you're not, pal, because I ain't going to be there. Yes, remember yesterday's quote? We know that this is uncomfortable, but it's worth it. No, it's not. It's not worth it, dude. It's a cup of freaking coffee. It is not worth being insulted to get a $7 cup of $1.50 coffee. 844-404-1067 is my phone number. Chris, you are on the air with Michael Graham.
5: Hi, um, I'm a former Starbucks employee uh, of over a decade. In fact, I just quit. And it, what he's not really understanding is that he barely pays a living wage to the people that works for him, and he's expecting them to perform the act of Oprah while <laughs> uh, while being forced to you know encouraged to get the customer in and out of there in thirty seconds. So it's kind of kind of like, hey, here's your non-fat latte, and you're a racist, have a good day, <laughs> or I, mean, I almost feel bad ordering a white mocha now.
3: Don't. Don't order the white mocha. And the flat white might be, because flat is somewhat pe- pejorative, so maybe that's an insult. Yeah, you got a point. You're, you're not a, a white. You're, you're a, car a car flat white, Chris. You're a let, flat let, white. Let me ask you something. Okay, so I, I got some blowback yesterday from people saying that I was being unfairly stereotypical of the baristas, because it's my contention, Chris, that the reason that he's doing this is because... So, not all, obviously, but so many of the baristas are these self-important, overeducated, master's degree in Egyptian erotic literature types who want to be part of a grand social experiment, as opposed to people just showing up and doing a job. Am that I right, you, generally speaking? Once again, knowing that there's many, many people, am I right that there is a strain of barista that fits that model?
5: No, not so much in the Starbucks world. It used to be that way. Okay, it used to be when I first started out. Now it's there. It's almost like. I I don't want to say fast food like sure but uh, you, you got people that really want to make a difference but they're being you know uh, held to a level of fast food employees and um, you know the, the way that they're paid just doesn't um, well, equivalent uh, to what they're doing
3: well Chris I'm not I, it doesn't bother me when you say fast food because it's a coffee joint it is fast food that's what it is, it is right. It's just no, here no, for coffee yeah, hey one last question one last question for you what is the one order that you would get that you would you wouldn't even have to look up to know that you were dealing with a self-important soccer mommy SUV driving hipster wannabe. It's what, what was what is the what is the telltale classic Starbucks order?
5: Uh, the classic Starbucks order is a uh, let's say a white mocha with four Splendas and extra <laughs> whipped cream.
3: Chris, thanks so much. i think my wife ordered that yesterday 844 your phone calls how many of you are gonna go to starbucks now that they've announced what they think of you and our country and how many of you are with me saying you know i was fine going before i didn't really care about their politics but now that they've crossed this line now that they've looked me in the eye and said you suck i'm done with you and how can you defend still going there unless of course you agree that a America's a country full of racist haters. It needs to be changed, straightened out, and taught empathy. 844 404 1067. You tell me. Michael Graham now
2: and McKimmer at noon on News Radio 1067.
6: Race Together is what happens when a one percenter, without any actual anti-racist education or training has a midlife white man's burden crisis.
3: It's 9.50. Oh, yeah. Michael Graham, what I like about you is that you let me hang out with you in your car, at home, on your computer. You listen to the podcasts uh, every day after the show at michaelgraham.com, I click on the podcast button. Thank you so much for being part of the conversation. Benjamin says, Michael, so when it comes to coffee, my two choices are A, Go to Starbucks, get a coffee, and get made to feel bad about being white privileged. Or B, go to Krispy Kreme, buy two coffees for the same price, plus two donuts, and give one of each to the homeless guy in the corner. Then we both have better lives. Uh, Benjamin, I love how you're thinking. My question is very simple. Why would anyone do business with any company? Why would anyone give your hard-earned money to a business that says you suck? There's something wrong with you. You're a bunch of racists. Starbucks, I'm done. I'm not going back until something changes. Because now that I know how you feel about me, I'm more than happy to give my money to someone else. Peter, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call.
7: Good morning, Peter. Michael, uh, yeah, that's me. Michael, <laughs> Michael, Michael, I'm. <laughs> I agree with you entirely on your previous subject about Barack Obama's requiring everybody to vote.
3: Ah, mandatory voting, yes. Yes, yes. that's however, a scary thought.
7: However, uh, primarily because uh, that sounds more like one of the Middle East countries where they, uh, if you don't go out and vote, they'll go and get you and bring you in and ask you to vote and then throw you <laughs> into a cell. But on the other hand, your suggestion is that uh, only certain people should be allowed to vote, and that should be – predicated upon their intelligence or their knowledge of the political system.
3: Absolutely. And
7: this, to me, is exactly the same problem, but in the other direction. Why? What you're doing is you're restricting people, uh, people's constitutional rights based upon some characteristic, in this case, intelligence. As soon as you start going in that mm-hmm. direction, then what keeps you from restricting them from voting for other things? If they use your... A uh, system of trying to match up the names of candidates with the right. offices. Um, What's wrong with that? Not, not, now you've restricted the the voting people who are blind who can't vote, people who are deaf can't no, vote. No, 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 no. Uh, you
3: can have a ballot for the they have bl- ballots for the blind right now. They have ballots for the deaf right now. That's not a problem. How about this one? A jumble ballot. Instead of having Nathan Deal versus Jason Carter, it would be Thadden Ellid versus uh So John Retok. What's wrong with that? And if you can't figure out who's who, their vote doesn't well, count. It's that simple. The,
7: the the problem is you're you're starting down a dangerous path no, I'm not. The, There is there's almost that there—that there is any characteristic that would keep you from there's being no voting. characteristic,
3: Peter. What you keep saying these magic words. Tell me what's wrong with saying if you can't figure out who you're voting for, your vote doesn't count. You can show up. You have full access to the ballot. What's the problem?
7: No, I agree with you that that philosophically that they shouldn't. Uh, that it would be nice if they didn't count. But on the other hand, how do you practically do that? I just
3: told you. I just told you two examples, Peter. And uh, so that's my answer. So that's my uh, counterclaim to President Obama, who says that we should force everybody in America to vote. I'm not kidding. He wants mandatory voting, says it would be a great idea.
0: In Australia and some other countries, there's mandatory voting.
3: It would be transformative if everybody voted. Everybody, including those racist customers at Starbucks? If everybody voted, then it would completely change the political map in this country. Oh, my God. If everybody voted, the government would suck even worse. Seriously, you want people who claim to have seen Bigfoot to be forced to vote. You want a drunk Lindsay Lohan to be forced to vote. That's really what you want. 844-404-1067. Eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. 404 No, thank you. Not me. Jason wants to talk about Starbucks. Jason, why would anyone do business with a guy who says, I think you're a racist who sucks? Well, it's, it, you
5: know, it's absurd. So, so, so here's the deal. I mean, obviously, they cater to people that want to pay, you know, double the price for a cup of coffee and right. wait 20 minutes for it. Mm-hmm. And then they throw them under the bus. So, you know, I, I, yeah, I've always had an issue with the price and the wait time. And now I'm, you know, I'm not stepping back into a store. It's 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 absolutely absurd. I mean, the guys, you know, obviously on a kamikaze mission.
3: I don't. Once again, I think he's going to do fine. I think the uh, Prius driving, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Agnes Scott types, uh, particularly in the Northeast and on the West Coast, which is their strong suit. They're going to be packed, and then they'll also be packed with people who don't even know what's going on. Because remember, you and I know about this because. We listen to talk radio. We listen to the news. The average American, whose source of news information is, uh, you know, the John Stewart show, is going to have no idea what the hell's going on. And they're going to show up, and they're uh, they're not going to know. They're to, if they don't happen to look at their cup, they won't know what's going on. So you will have the wildly uninformed who will still show up and buy their coffee. And you'll have the guilty white liberals who will show up and buy two coffees to prove that they feel pain for their guilt. And uh, the rest of us will be at Dunkin' Donuts or at Krispy Kreme Donuts, 844-404-1067. David, you are on the air with Michael Graham.
7: Just a quick comment about the voting thing. Mm -hmm. Once you insert the words required or mandatory, does that not take away the fact that it's a right? (laughs) I think so.
3: The right to not vote. Do I not have the right
7: not to vote? No, not anymore.
3: Nope, that's the plan. Here's the deal. It's like Obamacare for the ballot box. You'll have to pay a fine, a fee, a tax for not voting. That'll be your not voting tax.
7: Well, then it's not a right.
3: (laughs) Uh, I'm with you, David. I think... One of the greatest things that millions of uninformed Americans do every election cycle is stay home. They show a reverence and respect for the ballot process that I wish more people shared uh, we, man we got more to talk about more on the Starbucks story, more on whether or not it 's time to make it mandatory to vote in the United States and. Have you seen the photo of the UVA student arrested by the police that has inspired marches from thousands of people? That photo is up on my blog. That photo is up on my Facebook page with the caption, what's wrong with this picture? My answer, nothing. 1005 of News Radio 106.7. I am Michael Graham, your only unli- your only licensed, I should say, uh, distributor of the Natural Truth. What is the Natural Truth? It's the stuff that we know is true, whether you're supposed to say it or not. For example, we all know it's true that too many people vote. We all know it's true that it's too easy to vote. We all know that there are people we don't want to have voting. Hey, a soccer boy, do you have audio? Of that woman that President Obama wants to force to vote under penalty of law
4: this might be a stupid question. I thought Europe was a country.
3: Do you really want to make her vote do you have another mandatory voter for us soccer boy?
4: You guys like you guys
1: need to be more appreciative because this earth is like 2014 years old <laughs> like that's
8: a long time.
3: <laughs> this earth is 2014 years i mean i there are people there are definitely people we know uh, if there's anything we can do to slow you down on the way to the ballot box we'll take it
1: oh 9-11 was an inside job i got all the proof
3: yeah i i don't want you showing up and and as much as i hate to disparage my fellow south carolinians my cello my fellow uh sand lappers my fellow palmetto staters do we really want president obama to force Her to vote.
8: I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have that, and uh, I believe that our education, like such a stop. I can't take it. I can't
3: take it. I can't take anymore. It's too painful for Miss South. President Obama says it should be illegal for that person to not vote. No, no, no. It should be illegal for that person to vote. This is completely upside down i'm sorry i don't i don't need these people voting
2: remember a terrorist is someone's child too
5: hashtag yes all women hashtag yes all babies hashtag yes all this and that ferguson and like this and like cops are
3: bad and things are awful oh, please, stay home. please don't vote i'm begging you please so uh, that's the uh, new idea. President Obama says it is transformative, baby. In Australia and some other countries, there's
0: mandatory bar. It, it, would, be, it would be transformative if
3: everybody voted. Uh, yeah. Okay, I, I agree. It would be horrifically. <laughs> it would be transformative the same way that taking a brand new BMW and plowing 80 miles an hour into the side of a building Would be transformative. It would be a totally different looking car after that. We're also talking about Starbucks announcing, yes, you're a bunch of racists and we know it. We want to stop uh, selling you uh, coffee. And then the issue of race has risen yet again when it comes to uh, the University of Virginia. Have you seen the photo of Martise Johnson, a third year uh, University of Virginia student arrested by the police Four in the morning, St. Patrick's Day night.
0: Hey, his head is bleeding. Yep. Yo, his head is bleeding. Yo, his head is bleeding. Yo, that's not even regular police. That's ABC. Yo, y'all
4: already got a lawsuit. I go to UVA. I go to UVA. I go to UVA. I'm fighting. You f- racist. Your you f- racist. What the f- is happening? <laughs> what
3: the is happening? You racist. Yo, these- you racist. You racist. Did they arrest the CEO of Starbucks? Oh, my God. Is that Howard Schultz lying on the ground? Can we hear that again? So, listen, isn't this exactly what they're saying when you walk into Starbucks?
0: Hey, his head is bleeding. Yo, his head is bleeding. Yo, his head is bleeding. Yo, that's not even regular police. That's like ABC.
4: Y'all already got a lawsuit. I go to UVA. I go to UVA. I go to UVA. You, you, fighting. you racist. You man- that's Schultz. I'm telling you. What the f***?
3: Happy, you and if you go to my blog at michaelgram.com and click on the blog button, you'll see a photo. It's the third item down, blog item down, of what Matisse Johnson's face looked like after the arrest. Um, uh, the uh, president of UVA, Teresa Sullivan, saw the photo. She didn't like it. I felt it in my stomach, seeing the blood run down that young man's face. She had a very emotional response to this picture.
1: I hate seeing anything bad happen to any of my students. You know, whether it happens in the football field or whether it happens in a
3: case like this. My heart went out to him. I, I thought how I would feel if I were his mother. How would you feel if you were his mother? Let's think about that for a second, okay? I'm a dad. Not only am I a dad, but I'm a dad with a daughter who's a freshman in college. How would I feel if my... Daughter, underage daughter, were drunk at four o'clock in the morning outside a bar on St. Patrick's Day, screaming profanity and trying to get served booze illegally. How would I feel? I would feel embarrassed. I'd feel embarrassed. That was my daughter out there, drunk off her bottom, causing a scene. At four in the morning. How would I feel if I learned that my son, and we'll make it back to the son now, were, were A, a frat boy, which is what Martiz was. He's a frat boy, college kid, drunk, off his butt, at four in the morning, at UVA, and he ends up arrested and with a bloody head. You know what I would think? And? And is there, is there some part of the story I'm supposed to be upset about? But, Michael, there was a drunk frat boy who got into a scuffle with the cops and ended up with his head bleeding. Yeah. And if you've seen the photo of this frat punk, drunken frat punk with a cut on his head. We are told there's something terribly wrong here. You heard the UVA. I was I was sick to my stomach. I posted this picture up on my Facebook page and everything else with a caption. What's wrong with this picture? And the answer? Nothing. There's nothing wrong with this picture at all. This is this is normal life. College frat punks get drunk. College frat punks get drunk and mouthy. College frat punks get drunk, mouthy, and arrested. And yes, during the time of getting arrested, it's absolutely possible, and likely, you are going to hit your head on something. Or the cops is going to hit his head on something. Stuff happens. I'm no more upset by this picture than I would be if there's a picture of one of the cops arresting him and the cop had a cut in his head. I mean, it's not a good thing. And I wouldn't be going, oh, my God, this is terrible. You know, this guy was trying to kill the no, no, This is what happens. Drunk people act like jerks. We send police officers out to deal with these jerks. It's one of the reasons why we honor their job and we feel bad for them because they have to deal with these drunken punks. And one of the drunken punks ended up needing some stitches. Boo, frickin' who? I got a message to you. Hands up, don't shoot people. And once again, I have been openly critical of the cops when the, absolutely we need to do some reforms here. But this isn't one of those stories. Drunk college punk is a drunk college punk. White, black, green, yellow, he is a drunk college punk who got treated the way that drunk college frat boy punks get treated. There is nothing wrong. Watch the video. There is nothing wrong with what the cops did in this case at all. Nothing. I'm sorry, you you're totally lost. I'm I'm with you. I get Ferguson. I get Staten Island. I get Cleveland. I certainly get DeKalb County. An unarmed, naked veteran gunned down by a scared cop. I get all those, but this one. Sorry, nothing to see here. Move along. Eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. You've seen the photo. You've seen the video. Am I right, or is there something here? That I should be upset about. You tell me I'm Michael Graham.
2: Michael Graham now in the camera at noon on News Radio 1067. I go
4: to UVA. I go to UVA. I go to UVA. You, you f- racist. Your you f- racist. What the f? What happened? What oh, oh. happened? You rage all you know these f?
3: morning it's ten twenty. uh yeah michael graham so glad that you're a part of the conversation about an hour and 20 minutes from now we'll be giving away free lunch to tin lizzie's cantina and uh so stay tuned for your chance to win it in the lunch line the phone number 844-404-1067 and the question that matisse uh, johnson who's now a hero of uh the hands up don't shoot movement is asking is how did this happen how did this happen you bleeping racist you bleeping racist and to me I know exactly how it happened. And I'm assuming that you do too. It's St. Patrick's day night. It's 4. A.M. 4. A.M. So you've been up drinking probably for at least 12 hours, if not 16. You're 20 years old. So you're underage. You're at a college bar town bar. You're drunk off your butt. You're a frat punk. So you already have a frat attitude. So you take your fratitude and your drunkenness and 4 a.m. and booze and the fact that you're underage and the fact you're getting turned away from a bar and you add the police. And this is com- this is completely reasonable. What, what else did you expect? I, I, this is what I don't understand. And maybe you can help me with it. Why would anyone be upset by what happened to this drunken frat punk? The idea that what happened to him has some connection to race is just stupid. You obviously know nothing about frat punks, drunks, public drunkenness, and cops. But, Michael, did you see the picture? Yeah, I did. He had blood on his face. You know why? Because he had a little cut on his head. He got a cut on his head because while he and the, while the cops were trying to arrest him, he was... I, I, I'm uncomfortable with the phrase, resisting arrest. Having somebody force your arms behind your back and handcuff you is a weird thing. You know what I mean? It's just... It's all kinds of human nature, particularly when you're drunk, to not make it easy and so, but resisting arrest, I mean, you know, you're swinging at the cops, or whatever, and that's a different thing. I, 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 whatever. They scuffled. This, the fact they scuffle, by the way, is not upsetting to cops. Cops scuffle all the time. That's why they're cops as part of the job description. They, scu- they scuffle with people who are engaging their less, <laughs> their least good behavior. And during the scuffle, he got a scrape on his head. His head got cut. Big deal, dude. You're. It's four in the morning. You're drunk. It's St. Patrick's Day. You're a frat punk. This is the kind of photo that normal frat, under normal circumstances, the guy afterwards would say, yeah, did you see me, man? He would be showing this photo to his buddies. Why are we work? Why are some people working so hard to turn this into a racial thing? And now, if you listen to The Natural Truth, you know, far from being a knee-jerk defender of the uh, uh, armed government agents, I'm a... Notorious, quote, cop hater, close quote, because I think that police officers who screw up should be held responsible. Um, so, but I don't, I got no problem with this at all. This isn't DeKalb County, County where the police officer uh, you know, killed a veteran whose medication was screwed up by the VA in an absolutely unnecessary and indefensible use of lethal force against a guy who wasn't just unarmed, but was naked. You know, in that case, obviously, every decent thinking person knows that, that police officer should be fired and that the family you hope will be made good because it's so horrifying that a guy who served our country, Afghanistan, could get gunned down when he needs help by a professional who should know better. This isn't that. And I, so I'm just I, I watched a thousand people. Marching. What are you marching for? Drunken frattiness? Now, I I've, Now, I've confessed in the past. I don't know a lot about fraternity culture. I've never been in a frat, don't know a lot about them. And so, I'm also hoping that some of you who know a bit more about how frats work could explain to me this deal at Centennial High School in Roswell. Uh a soccer apparently the soccer team had a tradition that they would shave their heads before the first game of the season. One of the players didn't want to do it. So they did this hazing ritual. That's why I'm turning to those of you who are frat people, because you know this. This the hazing stuff comes from you guys. Where um, the video shows, or the picture, I should say, shows, but they got it all digitized out, so I can't see what's going on. There's a kid bending over. There's one kid laying down on a bench. He doesn't have any pants on. And there's another kid bending over the first kid's butt, and there's a pickle involved. And I'm not familiar with the butt pickle. Does anyone anyone know the butt pickle hazing ritual? Is this a thing? I don't, uh, thanks to the movie uh, League of Their Own, I'm familiar with the pickle tickle, but I don't know the butt pickle. If, if there is pickle tickling involved, then I, this is very scary to me and it's something I do not want to participate in, but I'm not. So, ser, totally serious question. Where is the pickle? I mean, like, where physically, is it, like, laying on the guy's back? Is it kind of tucked in like a bun, you know, like a hot dog bun? You know? Or is it actually in? And when when it says it's... Do you remember the world's most famous answer on the newlywed game? In the butt? Is, I mean, is that where the... I just, I do not four zero four I'm just asking the question. That is, by the way, a real answer. That, re, that really happened it didn't air but it really happened what's the most unusual place you've ever made whoopee yeah okay so if you can help me with this that's great um i from 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 what i know about hazing not a lot this seems pretty mild to me unless well it depends on where the pickle is if the pickle is just laying there is it really that you know it's just kind of grow it's a little gross but it's not cr- i mean you know, saying no one's getting hurt or anything I mean, in the butt. Yeah, exactly. It's it's that's where the line is. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. So we're going to take your calls here on News Radio 106.7 uh, and try to figure out what's going. Why people are upset by a drunk frat kid at UVA uh, ending up needing stitches after trying to get uh, served at four in the morning. We're also um, trying to figure out where was the pickle at Centennial High School. If you can help with that. And how does this sound? You work hard all your life, you want to leave a large inheritance to your kids. Before your kids can collect the money, they have to be drug tested first. That's one Congresswoman's idea. It's all happening on the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's ten thirty five. Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, and asking a very simple question, hoping the people hoping the people of Roswell or Centennial High School can help me. Where exactly was the pickle? Eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. If you're familiar with this so-called hazing event, I'd love to know how this works. Also, more on Starbucks announcing, hello, America. We know you're a bunch of racists. Please come to our coffee shop so we can lecture you. And you can get your spanking like a good, white, guilty liberal that you are. Right now, though, we're talking about the encounter between a a third-year UVA student who was drunk off his butt, underage, outside a bar, four in the morning on St. Patrick's Day night. He ends up with 11 stitches. He ends up with a bloody face. According to the UVA president, I should feel terrible about this.
1: I hate seeing anything bad happen to any of my students. You know, whether it happens in the football field or whether it happens in a case like this. My heart went out to him. I I thought how I would feel if I were his mother.
3: If I were his mother or father, I would think, what the hell were you doing out underage four in the morning? I'm not surprised at all that you would end up with stitches. Why were people protesting, marching? Why was this the second story of the morning after the Tunisia attacks on National Television, let's ask Karen. Karen, thanks for the call. You're on the air.
8: Hey, Michael. Um, I'm an alumnus of UVA, and I think mm. I have a little bit of insight into how um, Charlottesville and that area works. Okay. And just as a little bit of background, you know, he, um, Martise was arrested by uh, by alcoholic beverage control right. cops, not city cops or mm. Or uVA cops well, actually, and, there
3: was a UVA cop there too, at some point, just for, but you 're right, he was originally arrested by the ABCers
8: right and and the corner where he was arrested uh, UVA cops have no jurisdiction that is not on campus mm-hmm. okay um they 're known the ABC cops are known um to be overly aggressive that 's just been the case it 's just a fact mm-hmm. in fact, i 'm not sure if you 're aware, but a white student, a girl, was arrested several years ago for buying bottled water and ice cream. She she had a gun pulled on her by <laughs> undercover ABC grief. cops taken to jail, charged with a number of different crimes, and eventually won a settlement from the state ABC authority okay. for over a million dollars. So they're, they're just sort of, you know, thugs, I guess okay. you could call them. But anyway, I, when I saw that video, my first reaction was, this kid's trying to use his student privilege card to get out of this situation. <laughs> that had nothing to do with race. Right. Uh, the police, law enforcement, every agency in and around Charlottesville treats students differently than they treat counties. And I don't intend that as a slur. Oh, it's no, just...
3: it's not a slur. We know what counties are. And why do they tr- give a special treatment to the UVA kids?
8: Well, I think Charlottesville is, in, in a way, it's beholden to the university. The exactly. university creates a tremendous amount of tourist dollars. They um, generate a tremendous amount of publicity and employment.
3: And jobs, so, and, jobs and tax revenue right there. All yeah, come pouring exactly.
8: In. So, so UVA students are to be treated with kid gloves. Mm-hmm. And this kid was just incredibly offended that he wasn't getting that kind of treatment.
3: Yeah, let's listen to Martis uh, one more time. Thanks for the call, Karen. This is what the kid was saying, to, the 20-year-old was saying to the cops as they were arresting him.
0: I go to UVA.
4: I go to UVA. I go to UVA. Fighting. You f- racist. Behind your mask. You f- racist. What the f*** is happening? What is this happening, you Yo, racist. Karen, I think
3: your comments were dead on. I really do. Thanks for the great call at 844 right. Two things that actually... Re- I think, connect the UVA drunk kid story and the pickle-biting, pickle-whatever-they-were-doing-at-Centennial High School. Think, What would you do? So no, think about when you were in college. When I was in college, I was a proud college drunk. Now, it was very difficult for me to be one because you get kicked out of or Roberts University for drinking on or off campus. So we had to be super careful. But, my God, I was... You're a college punk. You go out with friends. You go try to find a party. You go someplace and you get hammered. It was what kids do. I want every man to give me the answer to this question. When you were 20, if you'd ended up scuffled with the cops and had to have 11 stitches, after it all got worked out, let's assume that maybe they just dropped the charges and yada yada and you went on with life, wouldn't you be bragging Dude, look what happened to me, man. Yeah, I was drunk. I was causing trouble. I was, was mathing off and I got arrested. I wouldn't That would be my attitude. It wouldn't be up for me and the cops arrest me. I, I mean, you'd be bummed out if you ended up with a record or whatever. But if you, I mean, this is, there would be, it would be a bragging rights to have those 11 stitches at your hairline, wouldn't it? Am I completely missing this? The same thing with the ha- the so called hazing. There was a time. When the person who would be in trouble for something as minor as he had to bite pick up a pickle with his teeth off someone's backside would be the person who whined about it. This isn't—I mean, it's not physically harmful. It's not endangering someone's life. It's just goofy and embarrassing and funny, and it builds camaraderie. We are such a bunch of wussies. That's what I see in these two, both of these stories. The I I think they've had to cancel three or four games now, the Centennial High School soccer team, because of the hazing. Oh, shut up. What a bunch of wimps. This whiner on the the cops. (laughs) Citizens arrest. What a wimp. Shut up. Be a man. You're in freaking college. You're drunk. It's four in the morning. Bad stuff happens. Get over it. (laughs) And then they made me bite a pickle off his tushy. Oh, shut up. Who wants you on our team anyway? Go play girls soft uh, uh, soccer. First of all, you're not even a man anyway. You're playing soccer. So you're already questionable. You're playing real football. Do you think anyone on the football team is going to whine about biting a pickle off someone's butt? It probably be the easiest thing they had to do. What I see here is wimpification and wussification. That's the to me the common thread in these stories. Do you see the same thing? 844-404-1067, or email me, michael at michaelgram.com.
2: Michael Graham now, and the camera at noon, on News Radio 1067.
3: Good morning, it's 1050, uh, yeah, Michael Graham, or the, as they would say, if you were stopped by Starbucks this morning, hello, haters, ready for that big cup of white privilege, they're happy to help you out. We're talking about what happened at UVA where it, the story to me seems to be drunk college punk uh, gets arrested for you know normal circumstances of getting arrested and people are marching, I don't understand. Also, the wimpification uh, of, that we see displayed in that story and in the story from Centennial High School with the pickle in the butt. Brandon, our executive producer, is here a couple, to clarify a couple of things. First, Brandon, about the pickle in the butt, what has your in-depth buttocks research Uncovered.
4: It sits in the butt like a hot dog.
3: So it is the bun hot dog. Yeah. Fitting. Yeah. It's not. It's not just laying on someone's back, but it's also not. It's not in. It's not a prostate exam. Yeah. It's not yeah. a pickled prostate exam. Yeah, it's so it's kind of in one. the butt. And so the hazing is you have to put your face down by someone's butt and bite the pickle. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Got, and, got that. Excellent. And what club did that get you into?
4: <laughs> the soccer club. Apparently.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, we also, we've been talking for the last couple of days about Alpharetta police who are playing Bracket Games right now, yeah. illegally gambling, arresting people in Alpharetta for brackets game, illegally gambling. we were trying to reach out to the spokesperson, George Gordon, yeah. Lord Byron, uh, yeah. and what did he have to say? Good to old
4: Georgie um, declined our invitation. He declined
3: to come on but and explain. Yeah, I have a what? feeling
4: he may have heard.
3: I only had one question for George. Did he take Kentucky to win it all?
4: In his bracket. I think he probably did, but he can't go on the record in saying that because he'd have to arrest himself.
3: I haven't heard from a single person other than the local jurisdictions who participate in this who think that busting these guys was worth our time. What were they? They were in a restaurant, not bothering anybody. They'd closed the restaurant to regular customers, not bothering anybody. I love the fact, oh, but Michael, didn't you hear? One of the guys had some cocaine on him. Any bar you go into with 60 people in it, one of them is going to have some cocaine on them. Michael, Michael, some of them had loaded weapons. This is Georgia. Any place that has 60 people is going to have some of the loaded weapons. I could go to
4: the corner of Glenridge and Johnson Ferry and find one person with blow and one person with a handgun.
3: It's, it's, not, what's interesting, the cops aren't saying these are illegal handguns. That's what I'm wondering. Are they even, is it merely that we, we have guns as opposed to we have a crime? Because it's not illegal to own a gun, not even in Alpharetta. He
4: had his right to carry. Exactly. I, I don't. I don't. I I.
3: I happen to think at eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. This is a total waste of time. You want to punish people for playing brackets games? Make them bite a pickle out of someone's butt. Maybe that's 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 more than an. Maybe sufficient. that's what
4: uh, Officer Gordon's offering. 404 eight four four
3: four zero four one zero six seven. How horrified should I be by the pickle butt story? Let's ask Kevin. Kevin, you're on the air. Hi, Kevin. OK, OK, uh, well, uh, we'll uh, feel free to uh, give us a call back. We'll try to figure out what uh, what's going on with that. Uh, but I I uh, I watched with interest Alpharetta's presser yesterday as George, their spokesperson, tried to whip up his. Oh, you don't understand. This is a major crime. No, it's, it's, it's the brackets. But, Michael, they were betting hundreds of dollars. And that's as illegal as voting tens of, uh, betting tens of dogs. By the way, we're doing our Alpharetta I'm Busted brackets right now. It's a $10 buy in. And don't worry about getting arrested for participating in my personal Alpharetta I'm Brackets busted game because the cops in Alpharetta have said, and I'm not making this up, there's nothing wrong with betting. It's just gambling that's illegal. So we only do the kind of betting. That isn't gambling. That's our key part. Kevin is back. Kevin, you're on the air. Go right ahead, sir.
4: Hey, Michael. How you doing?
3: Doing fine. So how horrified should I be about pickle in the butt?
4: <laughs> Not at all. I was uh I was actually a college athlete uh quite some years ago and the amount of hazing that went on, it was more of a rite of passage and it gave you more bragging rights that you went through it, uh than than it was something that was that was looked at as something that was bad. I mean, it's just unreal that you can't, you can't have these rites of passage anymore. And now it's deemed as hazing, you know, I mean, it's so what, it's did what did you ridiculous. have to do
3: in, in order to get in, in order to, uh, you know, show your loyalty to the team. And that's what this is. This is really team building. You go through adversity together and it kind of builds camaraderie. What was your adversity, Kevin?
4: Well, with the, uh, it's a term called an elephant walk, and I don't know if you know. If I have no idea what an stuff. elephant
3: walk is. Is it something that you can describe on a family friendly radio
4: show? Uh, Basically, if you were at a circus, it's one elephant behind another elephant, right. behind another elephant, and they the first elephant is, is the leader. The mm-hmm. second elephant holds the other elephant's tail, and so on and so forth. Okay. So if you could think about being bent over and having to hold on to somebody's something. Uh-huh. Of yeah, you.
3: that doesn't look yeah. like fun. No.
4: Right. Well, we had to do it during every year. They had a, a freshman orientation, and it was a a film that they would put up, and it was, you know, the popular film of the time. You had the elephant walk with the other freshman guys on the team oh. through that oh. film. And it was, it was embarrassing, <laughs> but it was something that you all had together. Right. It was, oh, we had to do this. And part of the lure and again, I mean, nobody ever said anything, it never made the newspapers right. there because of something stupid and insignificant, but you know, it, it it was was trying to get away from campus authorities and not get not get pulled in. Sure. And that was that was part of the fun and the excitement. <laughs> so it had nothing to do with, you know, oh God, I gotta call and tell my parents. Okay, so that, let me let me ask you stupid. one last
3: question, Kevin. Who had an easier time of finding something to hold on to? The guy behind you or the guy in front of you?
4: <laughs> uh, I'll plead the fifth on Pleading
3: one. the fifth. Very smart move, Kevin. 844-404-1067. We have so much more to talk about. And uh, we're going to revisit this with more evidence. Is it time for President Obama's idea? Mandatory voting. Making everyone vote. I will offer my evidence in the contrary coming up.
4: Jesus.
0: For dozens of tourists who are about to visit one of the important museums of the Arab world in Tunis, Tunisia's Mediterranean capital, armed militants open fire. In Australia and some other countries, there's mandatory voting.
1: Are white people cranky in line before they even have their coffee? Yes, they are. Is a black man that's in line talking about his oppression with his people. Gonna make them cranky white people crankier?
2: Probably, yeah. This is is the Michael Graham show on News Radio 1067.
1: I ordered a black coffee and he told me they're no longer called black. It's called Uncreamed.
3: Good morning It's 1106 on News Radio 1067. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC and star of the show. Renowned, Spoiler of Women. Known enemy of the jihad and the geekiest uncreamed no extra cream guy. I guess so. If black coffee is uncreamed, I would be with extra cream. Would that be me? Anyway, welcome to the show. So glad that you are here. It is Atlanta's largest diner table. I never tell you. Hey, you know what? You should do. I tell you what I think. I want to hear what you think. I express my opinion, but I'm not here to lecture you. I, I don't know everything that's right. I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm like you. I'm a citizen. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. Just trying to pay the bills and have a good time. And thank you for letting me be part of your day at 844-404-1067. Now, President Obama says that we need to let, make it mandatory that people vote, which is a terrifying concept to me. If you've been hanging out with any people, does President Obama really think it should be illegal? For this woman to stay home on election day? If everybody voted, then it would completely change the political map in this country. Yeah, okay, and I get that point, Mr. President, but what about the actual voters themselves? Should this lady be forced to vote?
8: it had this long, deep, guttural like a man and a roar to it.
3: I don't think I want the woman who's bragging about seeing uh bigfoot out voting i don't think so i don't know that i want these people to vote
1: oh well, 9 was an inside job i got all the proof
3: yeah i i don't know that i want them to vote and I, you know and i don't say this to be mean the fact the fact is there are a bunch of people in america who don't follow what's going on and the, and the other the rest of us we are trying to follow what's going on but it's very hard for example there was violence in tunisia at a big museum yesterday my uh uh, in-laws just got back they did one of those cruises where you stop and you go in the country and then you get back on the ship and you go down and, and in fact they've been to they've been in this museum and a bunch of tourists were murdered. Well, who did the murdering?
0: for dozens of tourists who were about to visit one of the important museums of the Arab world okay. in Tunis, Tunisia's Mediterranean capital. Uh-huh. Armed militants opened fire. Oh, they killed at least 19 people and wounded okay, around 50. In a terror attack. Tourists, families Terrorists. getting off buses targeted by gunmen
2: as they walked into a museum.
8: Men dressed military style and carrying AK-47s took hostages inside a popular national museum. Would you venture a guess as to who was behind this attack on the museum?
4: It's very difficult to say who was behind. I think it's premature to try and tie it to anyone um, in particular. Okay, so who did this?
3: Uh, Gunmen, like random gunmen? Like uh, militants, like, like militant vegans? PETA? Did PETA do this? Men? Just homo sapiens. Just homo sapiens happen to be in. Is there any, why is it so hard to figure out what the hell is going on? When I say that I want more informed people to vote, even those of us who are trying to figure out what's going on, if you listen to the mainstream media, if you listen to the White House, you still don't know what the hell is going on.
9: Welcome to The Family Feud. I'm your host, John O'Hurley, and let's meet the families. First, meet the normal family. John, Mary, Bobby, and Susie. Hi, hello. Hello, all of you. And now let's meet the White House family. Barack, Michelle, Hillary, and Uncle Joe. (laughs) Are you ready, Mr. President? I'm energized. I'm excited. Then let's get started. Top answers are on the board. We asked 100 American voters, name a kind of violent... Extremism. Uh, anyone? It's a kind of violent extremism. The kind that might, say, inspire terrorism, for example. Nobody on the White House team has an answer? Ah, Mrs. Clinton, good. We're looking for a kind of violent extremism.
8: This vast right-wing conspiracy. Okay,
9: the first lady says vast right-wing extremism. Survey says... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Secretary Clinton, but that's one strike against the White House.
8: What difference at this point does it make?
9: Talk about a sore loser. Uh, Mr. President, who should we go to next? My wife is no slouch. All right. Mrs. Obama, how are you feeling today?
7: For the first time in my adult lifetime, I'm proud of my
9: country. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, glad to hear that. So name a kind of violent extremism. Obesity. Obesity? As in weight extremism? Obesity. Survey says... Really, guys? Nothing is occurring to you. Nothing. Uh, Vice President Biden, can you help us out? A much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. Uh, Well, great. Then give us a kind of violent extremism. A three-letter word. Jobs. J-O-B-S. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President, but we tape Wheel of Fortune next week. And get your hands off the intern. Mr. President, can you help us, please? Just name a kind of violent extremism. During the Crusades and the Inquisition, people committed terrible deeds in the name of Christ. So your answer is Christian extremism. Christianity or Judaism
0: or Buddhism or Hinduism.
9: Right. Okay, let's give them a try. Survey says Christian extremism. Jewish extremism. Hindu extremism. Buddhist extremism. Oh, for f- Think. Seriously? Are you f***ing kidding me? You people are in the White House, supposedly protecting our country. Uh, normal family, how about you? Can you name a form of violent extremism? Uh... Islamic extremism? Yes! Finally! Thank you! <laughs> I don't know who's writing your question. Oh, shut up, you plug-headed pervert. We'll be right back.
3: Is it really that hard to figure it out? Some group of gunmen, men, militant extremists killed 20 people yesterday in Tunisia. We have no idea what, who, why, what, not, not this all, just randomly out there in the world. 844-404-1067 is my phone number. Let's- Michael Graham now
2: and the Kimer at noon on News Radio 1067.
3: Good morning, it's eleven eighteen. I am Michael Graham. Welcome to the conversation at eight four four-four zero four one oh six seven. President Obama says it is time to mandate voting. He wants to he says that other countries like Australia do it. We should make it illegal for you to not vote. I thought Senator Marco Rubio had an interesting take on this.
6: Not voting is also a legitimate choice that some people make. I wish more people would participate in politics, too. But that is their choice. That is the choice of living in a free society.
3: My problem is, uh, number one, he's right on a matter of principle, that you should have the right to choose to vote or not vote, unlike, say, Australia, where if you don't vote, you have to pay a tax. Uh, In fact, if I were going to do anything, I was going to say that if you don't already pay a tax, if you're not a net taxpayer, you shouldn't be allowed to vote. That would be my my approach. But uh, secondly... No, I just can't believe that anyone actually honestly wants more Americans to vote. If you want more Americans to vote, you're just not paying attention to what's going on in America. That's all there is to it. And so uh, you're welcome. I'd love if I'm missing something on this. If you think that there's some greater good in forcing everyone to vote 844-404-1067. But I love the fact that millions of Americans do the rest of us a favor by not showing up to vote. Uh, If you are thinking about voting, you might want to know that Jeb Bush is in Georgia today. In fact, he's uh in town right now. If you have a message for him, give me a call at 844-404-1067. My message for Jeb is the same message I have for every Republican in America. Stay out the bushes. Stay out the bushes. And I will be doing everything I can. I will be one of the last men. If Jeb wins the nomination, which I predict he won't. But if if it comes down, whoever it is versus Jeb, I will be working for whoever it is. No Bush. I'm a Jesse Jackson Republican. I admit it. Jesse Jackson said it all. Uh, uh, And uh, so we don't. The idea of Bush versus Clinton, you got to be bleeping kidding me.
1: I've never been a fan of the Bush, to be honest.
3: Um, and uh, so I'll be fighting all the way that. Bush was we don't need to do this. And particularly when you've got so many, you've got great candidates. You've got Scott Walker, Marco Rubio, uh, Rand Paul, Bobby Jindal. Um, uh, I don't know if Mike Pence is still going to run. Even Chris Christie. I'll take, but just please, please, please. How many times are we going to do this? Stay out the Bushes. Hey, thank you very much, Jesse Jackson. So if you have a message for Mr. Amnesty, uh, Mr. Common Core, Jeb Bush, If you have a message for Mr. I'm entitled to this because my dad and my brother did it. 844-404-1067. Jeb is in town, and I'm sure he's listening to us here on News Radio 1067, because consider the alternative. Um, We're also um, talking about Starbucks announcing that they know that you, their customers, are racist and they know that there's something wrong with you, which is why they want to force you into a conversation about your racism.
6: Whether we want to admit it or not, we all, all have some level of unconscious bias.
3: And let's face it, when you're as smart as Howard Schultz, the CEO of uh, Starbucks, you're excellent at spotting other people's biases, which is why you're going to address them.
6: What we're trying to do is, with USA Today, create a a very well-thought-out, tool, resource for customers Mm -hmm. to receive in our stores, and we'll begin that on Friday. It'll be in every USA Today newspaper nationally, it'll be in every Starbucks store. And that tool, that resource is educational. And if, at the end of the day, if one customer in every store becomes more aware of, of their own unconscious bias, becomes more sensitive to the issues, then we will have succeeded. You need to be educated. So they're creating an educational tool.
3: I, I love the way that Howard Schultz uses the word tool. I think it it's just it fits right there. And so he's going to straighten you out. And so I have a very simple question. Uh, why in the world would I give my money on purpose to a guy who thinks I'm a racist? Why in the world would I give money to a guy who says right up front, you know, I know there's something wrong with you and your country. America needs to change. You're too intolerant. You don't have enough empathy. Dude, I don't want to get insulted like that, so I will not be giving my money to Starbucks ever again until something changes. Uh, Here's Howard Schultz.
6: I have 50 to 60 million customers a week who are going to come through our stores next week and they're going to hear a message whether they want to embrace it, whether they want to listen to it or not. And I, I go to bed at night thinking, you know, we're doing something that we believe is right. What a pompous as we pay.
3: I know what's right. You don't want to hear it, America, but I know how bad you are. I know how bad my customers are, and I'm going to straighten them out because I know you don't want to hear it, but I know you're going to hear it anyway. Well, actually, no, Howard, I'm not because I won't be there. I'll be at Dunkin' Donuts or Krispy Kreme Donuts or Whole Foods or somewhere else getting my coffee because I'm not going to give my money to somebody who thinks so little of me and glories in going out in public and telling he He really. He really is the D-bag he appears to
6: be. Race Together is what happens when a 1% or without any actual anti-racist education or training has a midlife white man's burden crisis.
3: So, Jeff, if you have any, if you can give me one good reason why I or any other American would give this guy our money after this barrage of insults and uh, uh, and demeaning assumptions, eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. Uh, I won't be doing it, but I'm not predicting that they're going to lose money. I I told you earlier, guilty white liberals will flock in to take their flogging. They will self-flagellate over their frappuccinos just to, I know I'm too good. I know I'm so good. (sighs) I want to do the right thing, but I'm scared that my kids will go to school with black kids. So I send them to private school. So I send my kids to a segregated private school, but then I come to Starbucks to prove how good I am. I send my kids to an, uh, an elite all-white school and I don't get them shots. But then I come to Starbucks to make, so I take my spanking because I'm a bad racist. 844-404-1067. Um, I'm also uh, fascinated by the ongoing attempts by Alpharetta and the other jurisdictions to defend their crackdown on the uh, brackets game. And their argument seems to be, and I'm curious to know if this, if you buy this, They say that because the guys they busted were betting more money than you, that what they're doing is illegal. I thought it was interesting that George Gordon actually said on television, what you're doing in your office is illegal, but we promise we won't arrest you because you're okay. What they were doing is also illegal, but we're going to arrest them because they're not okay. Dude, the Alpharetta PD right now has a brackets game going. And you're arresting people for playing the brackets game. I, it's not that I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't lose any sleep over this. Do I think a bunch of guys getting together, betting hundreds of bucks or even thousands of bucks on uh, the NCAA tournament are, are you know uh, stellar examples of American culture? No. Is this the vanguard of our fight for individual liberty? No. But just why do you, why would you do it? Of all the things going on in Georgia every single night, there is a shooting in the greater metro Atlanta area, at least one, if not more. What are you doing screwing around with and somebody bet on the NCAA brackets? So what? Does it does it bother you? Does it? It's interesting to me, one, one of the things that uh, a defender of office bracket pools said in this story is, and this is almost a verbatim quote, well, it's illegal for you to play brackets where you work, but it's a victimless crime well who was the victim of the crime at pepperoni's tavern a bunch of guys got together they're having a good time they're having a few drinks they were betting some money on the ncaa they're putting their brackets together what's the problem if you think that the uh, north fulton authorities roswell johns creek alfred etc did the right thing by busting up this brackets game 844-404-1067 If you agree with me that it's a total waste of time on a victimless crime, I want to hear from you too. I am Michael Graham.